supported by Global Exchange and Mother Jones Magazine. Full information, including that for special reserve seats, is on the KPFA website or by telephoning 510-848-6767, extension 609. That's KPFA, extension 609. And you're listening to 94.1 KPFA. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned for Jennifer Stone and Cover to Cover. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money. Every Friday, happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys, there's your picture. The out of this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today, today is Tuesday, yes, Tuesday. July the 27th, 2004. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Democrats are flying high in Boston. I'm afraid I watched the convention last night like the addict I am. I canceled most of my cable television this week. Something, something just gnawed at me, but I've still got C-SPAN. C-SPAN is my favorite because I don't have to listen to all the nonsense, the pundits and all that blathers just just you know just um uh the straight stuff uh and of course there are all three radio stations there's kpfa to give us uh feedback there's um oh let's see kalw uh 91.7 right and 88.5 kqed god forbid we should mention each other but the truth is that um the um the public radio stations and C-SPAN give a, a much, a much clearer idea of what's going on. I, even CNN and the rest of them, uh, I simply can't stand to have all that stuff in my head. Uh, I want to be able to think about what's actually going down and to try to, you know, try to remember a little history, uh, study history, learn your place in time. <laughs> I'm going to try to enjoy this election. It's been years since I could do that. <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I kind of did smile last night. I was glad to see, uh, Al Gore and Bill Clinton looking like they, they still have a lot of room, room in them. As Molly Ivan says, you got to have some Elvis to get elected. Let us hope that John Kerry has the room, room by the time he comes, um, to the podium there on Thursday, I was depressed by the protest pen that um, 
really disgusting display, you know, the, the place where they put the protesters behind, well, under barbed wire and razor wire. Uh, that is a hideous portent. It gives me a, a terrible chill. Um, the truth is that uh, I see us as in the the last stages of the old order. Yes, let us, uh, we're dying on the vine with the empire in decline here, folks. Uh, the last hurrah of democracy. Check out a book called Losing America by Robert Byrd, the old senator. You know that crazy old senator? He He's interesting. I, <laughs> I've been reading up on him and... He, he, he talks a great deal in his book about the secrecy of the present administration. Mm-hmm. As Al Gore said last night, uh, let us hope, you know, that the next president is not chosen by the Supreme Court and that the, uh, present, this president, is not the man to choose the, uh, next Supreme Court itself. Yes. Uh, his best line, actually. This week, it's all about this illusion, maybe it's not entirely an illusion, that we the people select our leaders. I saw tears in the eyes of some of the Democrats there at the convention. You know, I think it's kind of nostalgia for the old days, kind of a group think they get into, but the cameramen are very good at honing in on the emotional types and the uh, uh, the folks there at the convention. They do little little segments, little bits, you know, individual folks that came to the uh, convention as delegates, and it, they tell about their personal story, their history, and why they're in the party. It's curious to think that these major political parties spend, well, millions and millions of dollars on television ads. They're not uh, grassroots parties anymore, but... Uh, all that money, 100 million, somebody said, you know, they've still got 64 million in the Democratic coffers. Anyway, all that money is poured out just to get into office, to purchase power, to, um, yes, purchase the nation, you know, the way, the way they did at the end of the Roman Empire, you know, the highest bidder gets the, the, um, the job, so called, but the salary for president, I believe, is 400,000 a year. It was a raise recently, I think, after Clinton left. Anyway, at 400000 a year, that's not quite half a million, let's see. So that would come up to less than $2 million for the four-year term. And <laughs> that doesn't add up, folks. Uh, do the math. So uh, this week, uh, I tried to get interested by digging through my files and finding some articles that I published back in 1984 when Geraldine Ferraro was running for vice president with Walter Mondale. That was a classic fiasco, but uh, I remember getting all excited about it just because uh, she was a woman and, you know, uh, oh dear, Shirley Chisholm had given it a shot, but it was Geraldine Ferraro who actually got on the national ticket and took a dive, oh yes, ah me. When I was a young woman, I had uh, romantic notions. I used to look at my ballot and write in, Eleanor Roosevelt. Thought I was so smart. I'm afraid that's what a lot of young people are doing today, voting their heart rather than their head. 
they tell me, they always say, I must follow my feelings. And I always say, please do that in bed, but not at the ballot box. Try, you know, to look at the situation pragmatically. Uh, we still have this problem. Uh, we think uh, too many people think like consumers rather than citizens. They keep saying, I don't buy this or that candidate. Uh, this is not not the way to think about um, political office. The people who are uh, in political office, they are responsible for our fate. They change our lives. Actually, um, I did always vote for a candidate that I thought might be slightly more progressive than his or her opponent. Uh, one exception in the late 60s when I thought we were going to have the great revolution. <laughs> I still have the the sign, Politics is the Art of the Possible, over my desk. Uh, I am a product of the old Irish Democratic Party. You know, the party that came out of the famine in Ireland. We were the ones who believed that the use of government, you know, was to help the people. When things got tough, you know, they were supposed to uh, uh, keep a social contract, you know. Uh, if you're a citizen, we will not let you starve. And that is until Bill Clinton that welfare deform bill. Ah, uh, yes, someone said they saw his soul leave his body, yes, um, in my day. Uh, well, at least in my parents' day. The idea was to vote the party, not the person. We believed in the collective, collective power. Uh, today, all we get is this, well, this celebrity thing, you know, uh, more and more you'd think it was about monarchy or royalty, uh, we had that with the Kennedys, uh, although they were certainly um, pretty pretty much Democrats, although, I don't know, I never thought of them as um, old-school Democrats. They were just aristocrats, but even in the White House, we certainly knew their limitations. Uh, JFK played the game just like old FDR did it. FDR had his Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt, could relate to the black community, to disenfranchised people, to all sorts of folks. While her husband, you know, uh, held the fort, uh, held the gun, uh, actually uh, ran World War II. JFK was certainly cautious about backing civil rights. He, uh, I guess, had his eye on the next election, but I think he certainly wanted to do the right thing. FDR used to say... Uh, well, listen, guys, you know, you elected me. Now get out and make it happen. Uh, a lot of folks operate under the illusion that the president is in charge, you know, that he can control events. Uh, he can certainly start wars. That is true enough. But the fact is that uh, getting somebody elected is just the beginning. Clinton proved this, you know, to get the guy in office was just the first step, uh, and as uh, Clinton himself said, you know, after that, he didn't have a prayer. Uh, I thought Bobby Kennedy might have done better, might have been a real knight in shining armor, but he didn't get past the starting gate. LBJ was certainly someone who wanted, really wanted, to help the disenfranchised. He'd been there and done that, you know. He'd had the rough life, the tough life. Uh, he was flummoxed by Vietnam. Uh, he might have made that poverty program work if it hadn't been for the war. Even Richard Nixon, 
was not adverse to promoting the general welfare here at home. That was a sideline. Uh, he even threw a little money to the artists, um, being briefly an actor in a little theater company. I think that's where he met his wife, Pat. Uh, anyway, Nixon's ambitions were a little strange from my point of view. He was willing to bomb Cambodia as a distraction. Uh, he seems to have been able to view foreign policy as a, uh, well, not just like Henry Kissinger, but, you know, with this kind of reptilian eye. Uh, he was, as far as I can tell, a clinical paranoid. Uh, this is a guy whose personal ambition went so deep that he was willing to commit any crime just to stay in the White House. Uh, oh, yes, paranoia, isolation, secrecy. <laughs> and where is the loyal opposition, as Bill Clinton said the other day? A return to civil discourse. No more of this talk of good and evil. Uh -huh. Jimmy Carter was very substantive last night. Uh, he told it like it was. What was it he said? Yes, we've lost our reputation. Indeed, indeed. Our reputation abroad is Hillary said. What was it she said? A, a leader must lead and not alienate the world. Jimmy Dear, dear Jimmy Carter, 81 now, Nobel laureate, uh, a poet. I've read his books of poetry, not half bad. Uh, his wife, Rosalind, said years ago in her book, I remember reviewing it for the Chronicle. What was it she said? Uh, basically, she said Jimmy'd rather be right than president. She kept telling him that what was right was that he should defeat um, Ronald Reagan in 1980. But he was worried about the hostages and said he had to do what was right for the country. And thus, thus we got Ronald Reagan and uh, my heart was broken. I guess Jimmy Carter was definitely a reaction to um, the criminality of Richard Nixon. We wanted things cleaned up, but then um, the Carter years were just too, too boring. And we had this hideous lurch to the right in 1980. That lurch, I think we're still headed in that direction here inside our country. It's a retro-reactionary movie m movement. Pardon me, yes. Perhaps it is a movie. It certainly continued right up to this day. I don't know what it is all about. I ceased calling it fascism. I think that's foolish. It doesn't uh, mean anything. Unless someone wants to find fascism as capitalism plus murder... I think we're pretty close to that. Uh, but um, Bill Clinton definitely held the neocons at bay. He himself said not too long ago that the most significant achievement during his years in office was holding back um, the Newt Gingrich coup. He said that uh, back in 1994, there was uh, literally... Uh, an attempted coup by Newt Gingrich, and that it took everything he, Clinton, had to block that political move. I think I kind of believe him. Um, check out a film called The Hunting of the President. It does pretty much affirm what Bill Clinton says in his book, My Life, which is that the right wing was out to get him uh, from day one. Uh, that movie along with Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11, reveals the agenda of the neocons, the uh, 
the new right, I don't know what we call it, I suppose the labels don't quite define it, um, it's a right-wing establishment that presumes or assumes that it should be in power, you know, that it owns the White House, the imperial presidency, you know, since Bush Sr. Um, Bill Clinton was seen as an outsider, interloper, usurper, you know, the Arkansas redneck, uh, that horny hippie from hope. <laughs> in fact... Bill Clinton is a man with plenty of Elvis. Check a book called Double Trouble that uh, talks about Bill Clinton and Elvis Presley as icons of the age. Uh, I got another book. I, I must mention the title to you, but I haven't really dug into it. I got it in the mail here, and I'm dying to get into it. It's, it's called The Clintons Meet Freud, A Psychohistory of Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea by Paul Lowinger, M.D., and I notice that the uh, author has kindly quoted moi. The beginning of part five, page 135, uh, chapters. What about the rest of us in Clintonia? And it quotes me in 1999 on the morning show, saying that Eros is chaos. I don't think I was referring to the Clintons. I remember talking about Clinton, Clinton's, um, what would you call it? Uh, he was reading books on chaos theory, dear Bill Clinton at the time. <laughs> and uh, I, I do remember saying that man in disorder has to think. I'm all for chaos because it requires that people pay attention. You know, um, the right-wing people, they don't like that. They want things to be in order so that you don't have to think about them. You know, you just take a stand and absolute and you just... Um, uh, stick to the script and say the same thing over and over and over and over again like George W. You know, they hate freedom. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, was pleased that Bill Clinton came off like the rock star that he is last night. Uh, the pundits, uh, TV pundits, especially media pundits, have been dismissing him lately. I heard him called an empathy junkie. Uh, by a writer, let's see, who's that writer? He, he has written a book, um, uh, which I must get my hands on and bring to KPFA. Oh, golly, I've forgotten. I'll bring it with me the next time I come. Yes, he called Clinton an empathy junkie. And another fellow referred, well, they're all, you know, kind of dismissing, uh, Bill Clinton. Because he's willing to do feminist things like go into therapy and talk about his personal life. You know, the personal is political. They are um, uh, startled because uh, Joe Klein's interview with Bill Clinton in Time magazine reveals that Bill Clinton thinks the most important thing about his book, you know, is the personal stuff, uh, the fact that other people uh, may identify with him and with his battle, his... Uh, battle with his internal demons and, uh, you know, his search to have an examined life. Uh, uh, actually, I, I kind of with the historians there, um, I think maybe Bill should stick to the facts. But, no, I, I think it's very, it's very new agey, but there is some value in that, uh, the notion that uh, our personal psychology does shape nations, uh, Bill is just tuned into the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. We want to know how people tick, and we know that that affects uh, 
the way they behave. Look at George W., you know. Once he, once he sobered up and found God, we were in real trouble. Anyway, Bill Clinton is one person who has noticed that half the voters are women. Ariana Huffington tells us that 22 million single women didn't vote last time around. If they would vote in the next election, wow. Um, I think that, uh, the feminist, I don't want to call it feminist, the, let's call it, um, the, uh, the new age humanism, the, the new paradigm is what Bill is into. Uh, I remember making a list of all the major male figures who had been willing to submit to therapy and most of them, of course, were, oh, actors like Brando and Montgomery Clift, um, Woody Allen, uh, writers, artists, you know, the sort of people who are interested in uh, humanity, in what goes on in the heart as well as in the head. Uh, the manly set, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they are into um, stiff upper lip stuff, you know. Uh, sometimes that's appealing, but... Uh, Ah, yes, as Arnold says, these girly men, these girly men, you know, they are willing uh, to look at the personal. They're willing to uh, actually look at themselves. I think for most men, that is a bit of a shock. Uh, most politicians depend on the strong man image. That one is about as old as, what is it, uh, as war, as uh, aggression itself. It certainly uh, worked in the Middle East. Uh, if I hear one more person say that it takes somebody like Saddam Hussein to rule Iraq, I I find that hard to uh, to integrate. But um, we know what they mean. Uh, for people who have not had uh, a great deal of choice, it takes a little while to get adjusted. On the other hand, I think they could probably do it by Friday. All you'd have to do, for example, is hand over the government to the women. They would know what to do. Uh, a friend of mine the other day said that he was very much in sympathy with um, feminism, with uh, the woman's worldview, and he wondered what he could do to, um, uh, on a personal level, you know, to carry that forward. And I said, oh, well, you know, just go to the closest woman and surrender. Give her your, your sword, you know. Or the keys to your car, whatever. Uh, he was not uh, impressed. He didn't think that was very funny. Actually, um, I think that the day has come. It has come. There are men now willing to listen to, uh, even to be guided by or educated by women. It's kind of a shock, folks, but uh, it's happening, not not all over, but here and there. Uh, actually, I was making a list this morning of all the so-called tough women, the, what would we call them, the manly girls, uh, the ones that are tough enough. You know, I remember with Geraldine Ferraro, they kept saying, you know, could she, could she launch a war? We know now that women uh, can be just as malevolent as men God knows. Uh, let's see. Among the tough, I have listed Teresa Hines Carey. She's on uh, television today. Check it out. Apparently, 
<laughs> Apparently, <laughs> she is abrupt and not afraid to uh, shoot off her mouth. I hope that this is a, uh, a good sign. That is, I hope that it will help uh, John Kerry get elected. It's obvious that John Edwards knows that his wife is smarter than he is and says so. Uh, that will get him votes, but it also may lose him votes. Such a problem with this 50-50 division. Uh, if Teresa Hines is not ladylike, we may get a few uh, uh, moments of levity during this campaign. I hope she tells off the people that I want her to tell off. Uh, maybe she should run. There we go. We'll go back to this routine of having couples for president. Hillary Clinton... I, I have watched now for so many years, and I have watched her doing that dance, trying, first of all, trying to please, and then trying to forward her agenda. Dick Morris, the pundit who has written a cruel book about Hillary, says that she's the real ideologue. She's the one, um, she uh, being, she, she and Bill. He says, with Bill, what you see is what you get. But Hillary uh, thinks she can save the world and save uh, all the women and children in it. I don't mine. Uh, obviously, she has to uh, behave like a regular senator, at least until uh, until the next presidential election. It's fascinating to watch the voters reacting to all this, you know. People demand that their representatives be like them, identify with them, you know, the empathy thing. <laughs> I demand, anyway, I hope, personally, that our leaders will be so smart, so intelligent, you know, that they will know how to make friends all over the world. That would be my personal uh, hook. Uh, uh, I hope that our leaders will be intensely persuasive, as FDR and Bill Clinton, you know, the kind of leader who picks up the phone and, uh, you know, makes a date with another world leader and talks them into things, you know. The sort of men who never stoop to fire wars or to violence unless all else fails utterly, which it has done and probably will do again, but the military machine is not only wasteful, it's counterproductive. It's as old hat as chattel slavery. We have all kinds of new wars now, economic wars, you know. It's like wage slavery. But at least it's not quite, quite so crass. Uh, I think fire wars are always a last resort when reason fails, and John Kerry has said as much. There is a terrific profile of John Kerry. It's exhaustive. It's in the current New Yorker, July 26, 2004. And the title is Damage Control by Philip... Gorovich. Now, if you get that copy, I was going to read you some bits of that, and I won't have time next week because I'll be raising money next week with a book about funny women. <laughs> I think of Juna Barnes. She always said, any woman with a sense of humor is a lost woman. But anyway, we'll be giving that book away as a premium next week, so I hope you tune in next Tuesday. When I will be back on the air, until then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. Out of sight.
Now for a live public announcement. Join KPFA now through Thursday for live coverage of the Democratic National Convention in Boston. Coverage begins each morning with two special editions of Democracy Now! airing at 6 and 9 a.m. Coverage continues later in the day on Free Speech Radio News at 3, Flashpoints at 5, KPFA Evening News at 6, and live from the Democratic National Convention in Boston, Massachusetts from 6.30 to 9 p.m. each evening. Stay tuned to 94.1 Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB, and 88.1 KFCF in Fresno for your inside look at the Democratic National Convention. The time is now 3.58. Please stay tuned for Hard Knot Radio coming up next. active members of our community to run for positions on the KPFA Local Station Board. The KPFA Local Station Board is responsible for all aspects of the governance of the radio station. The LSB is responsible for reaching out to a number of communities and organizations that reflect both the cultural and geographic diversity of the Bay Area and Central Valley. There are nine listener seats and three staff seats available on the Local Station Board. Members elected in November of this year will serve a term for three years beginning January 1st, 2005. Remember to pledge at least $25 or volunteer for three hours or more in the phone room during the summer fun drive to become a bona fide voting member of the Pacifica Foundation. Nomination packets are available at the station or you can log on to election.kpfa.org for more information. Nominations close September 25th, 2004. People of color, women, sexual minorities, members of the disabled community, working class people, and people of diverse ages and occupations are encouraged to apply. Call area code 510-848-6767, extension 626, or email election at kpfa.org for more information. Why don't you run for the KPFA Local Station Board? 